Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. Hello, Max Rushton here. Yes, this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We found ourselves talking penalties after a couple were scored uh, or missed last night. And Ben Littleton was the man to turn to, the man who wrote the book on penalties. Uh, He was on good form. You really um, like him. Yeah, he's very good, isn't he? Yeah. What? No, I just like you really like talking about penalties. I do him. like talking yeah. about I, I, don't, I wouldn't talk to anybody else no, about penalties. I, I, Sean Penn, I wouldn't have him on to no. talk about penalties. No. Penn and Teller. No. Ben Littleton, I guess, he's the go to. Um, Rob Lewis joined us. He's uh, currently in Sri Lanka and um, he's been there since March. He's waiting for the England team to turn up. But that's only, what, a third of the story. Floats through life, that guy. He does. He? What a Wonderful. life he leads. Um, is, but is he happy? He sounded it, didn't he? <laughs> he did, he yeah. Really Where's happy? his money coming from? I should yeah. have asked him that, but I didn't want to be... felt a bit news night yeah, where, for that. Where'd you get your money from? Yeah, uh, that's that. News night. <laughs> uh, we played Cruyff or Binny, which is very much not news night, and that was developed. And we had a chat, and we, we set you to work with a few things as well. So here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Max. Good afternoon, Paul. When, uh, uh, when Jeff's on the... I, I take it this is one of his after-dinner stories. I've heard him tell it. I don't want to blow it, in case it's his, like, if it's his payoff on the after-dinner and people shout it out like karaoke. But I think he's told us on the show before that um, uh, he was at a dinner somewhere and they just got people just got chatting on the table. And I don't think it was football-related. And uh, there was a, a sort of woman sitting on the table and she was talking about the 66 World Cup final, being a little girl, remembering that day. And, you know, I was at home and my dad and blah, blah, blah. And she asked a couple of people around the table. <laughs> and then she asked Jeff. She said, where were you on that day? Can you remember? It's great, isn't it? That must have made him feel special. That's really he was good. probably guest of honour on the t- Where were you that day? Can you remember where you watched it? Yeah. In front of the German goal most of the time. That's really excellent, yeah. Yeah. isn't it? Um, I, uh, well, no, I haven't, I haven't ever sort of, not, not quite at that level, but I did, I was sat on a bus on a golf weekend and I was chatting to this nice Irish man. Oh, yeah. And I said, and what do you do? And he says, I'm David Myler. I play for Harlan Ireland. I <laughs> <laughs> sort of think players should always be in kit. <clears throat> if they were yeah. always in I mean, kit. In ex-pros, yeah. wore the kit that they were most well-known for. Yeah, or at least had a ye- little yellow post-it with David Myler. Exactly. Yeah. Then <laughs> on I, their then, forehead. Then I would have known. It wouldn't yeah. have been such an embarrassment for me. He would have been in Hull City yeah. kit. Well, that, maybe, look, that leads us on to something we didn't intend to, but failing to spot the stars. Mm. Well, we had a corker once. There was... Um, some some guy was on a, a stag. He was telling he was on a stag do. He, he got in touch, and um, their flight was a bit late, so they were just all sitting in the bar, big gang of lads, most of them football fans. But 
one of them not. And he happened to be the one who went and checked out how much longer the flight was delayed for. And he spoke for 10 minutes to a guy. <laughs> um, they just sort of sat there shooting the breeze. And he came and sat down. They all said, well, said, what? He said, what did Sven say? <laughs> said, who? who? <laughs> said, that was Sven Joran Eriksson, the England manager. He's 10 minutes. He said, oh, no, we were just chatting about so, airports and how boring they are when your flight's delayed. I, you know, I'm all credit to the, <clears> the <throat> you know, the, the celebrity or the, on the other end who doesn't at yeah. any point ignore, you know, say, oh, by the way, I'm Sven Joran Eriksson. Yeah. Just has a nice chat. I watched the... And um, you always had a problem. We're, uh, yeah, well, not a problem. As much as Andy has a few. As much as Andy has a problem about the most stupid of things. <laughs> but Michael Carrick came in the uh, studios once when mm-hmm. we were in the old building. Lovely fella. And uh, he came in, so he came up and we saw him there and he went... Michael Carrick, how are you? And he introduced himself as Michael, and I thought that showed real humility. Oh, I think that's a brilliant thing to do. Because well, Andy not having it. Well, he just said, well, I know he's Michael Carrick. He doesn't need to tell me that. I said, well, that's not the point. It, it, what it says about the man is he just doesn't take it for granted that you know who he is because he's played for Spurs, Man United, England and West Ham. Do you remember Ben Foster getting very excited when uh, <clears throat> at a charity dinner? Yeah. When I pointed out that you and Andy were you and Andy. That's right, and yeah. He was, I mean, I don't know how... Often people are starstruck in your presence, Paul. <laughs> I wouldn't say he was. By, say he was starstruck. By, by day fifteen in a row, Paul. I, you know, I'm now relaxed about it enough. But Ben was honestly. <laughs> he said he listened on the way home yeah, from no, training. He, I mean, when I when he was I, with me, he had an expletive. Yeah. Oh, did he, he really? Was that excited? Wow. Yeah. And like Blimey. in a positive way. Oh, okay. Yeah. An, <laughs> I mean, I'm quite used to that, but not necessarily in a positive way. Um, I um I, I watched the Fulham game. Yeah, I was well done to Fulham. I think they went yeah. against the code though, because mm. as far as I can tell, <clears> um. The five thirty Monday game and pretty much the five thirty Friday. Should be a dog with fleas. Well, they've they've, as far as I can tell, all the sides so far have sort of agreed to not turn up for those games, yeah. and they've been absolute stinkers. I mean, I don't know if anybody did anybody watch Brighton nil, Burnley nil. I don't know. It's I don't almost, know anybody. When they put you in that, it's almost an insult. <laughs> it it should be. It should be your. If you're the manager of one of those teams, that should be your team talk. Yeah. They've put us on at uh, our past five on a Monday night. They think we're going to stink. This place proved them wrong. And they, but everyone has proved them right. And yeah. Brendan Rodgers, <laughs> Brendan Rodgers as well, did it as well, didn't he? But, yeah. but Fulham did really well. And towards the end. I was so nervous that that that, that they'd let another in. I just don't think I'd have been able to handle another Scott Parker mm. press conference when he looks sad. I think because because when he does look sad, he looks so bereft, doesn't he? After a defeat, I was just so desperate for Scott. It was a bit like almost as sad as as how sad Tarek Lamptey looked when he was sent off for Brighton the other day. To the point where I thought maybe there should be some kind of law <laughs> where Tarek Lamptey can't be sent off because he looked so upset. Yeah. And then you have Gabriel Jesus, who always looks like he's on the verge of tears, mm-hmm. I think. There should be maybe a little law for those that, players. Am I, am I getting this story wrong? Smudge will probably call in and tell us. But wasn't there a moment when they were both playing for Leicester where it looked like Gary Lineker might get booked? This oh, was in the bottom lips. And, and I don't know about that, but I think Alan Smith apparently went up and said to the ref, you do know he's never been booked, don't you? And it see, it worked. The old... Book went, the old card went back in the pocket. That's great. So look, maybe How, you can play you know, on the, the good know, nature of a referee. Like, could that. Alan Smith have tried that with Tony Adams and just kept saying it game after <laughs> game? Bold. Game. You do, yeah, you you do, do realise Martin Keown has well, never been some wily old ref like Keith Cooper. So well, that, that's interesting. I've booked him about twelve times in the past two seasons. Um, I, I messaged you yesterday with the the Dutch. Uh, you've talked about it on this show. Haven't the thicker you? lines, the thicker in Dutch VAR football, yeah. lines. Mm. I think that might be. You know, obviously, I think like anyone else now, I just want to get rid of all of it. You know, the, the Ollie Watkins goal. Yeah. I mean, he's, when the ball is kicked, he is just in front of the defender, but he's also 
the defender's basically he's giving the defender a piggyback as well. Yeah. He does well to get away from him, doesn't he? So I just think maybe those thicker lines would they be better? Well, they're talking about it, aren't they? Right. They are considering doing it. I think it's worked very well in Holland, apparently. Mm. Um, or actually, just get rid of them altogether, along with the cameras. No, maybe not. I mean, I think look, there is there's a kernel of something in VAR. It's just it's been terribly implemented, but that's not a massively original fault, no. obviously. And, uh, I won't be dining out. I don't think I'll be making <laughs> talk sports social media with that little gem. Come on, stick that out. Let's see how many could Paul get. <clears throat> What's the most retweets, retweets you've got on a on a oh, rant about? Cool, he stuck his neck out there, didn't he? <laughs> exactly. he? That's what I like about Paul. He's just an original thinker. I thought I've never thought of that. You're a contrarian, aren't you? You're the contrarian of talk sport, Paul. Peter, Peter, the Chelsea fan, says, I dropped Jeff Hurst off at TalkSport in the old Hatfields offices. And when he got out of the car, a builder did a double take. And I said, I know who you are. Gordon Banks. <laughs> Goodness sake. Close hey, enough. Maybe, Close enough. maybe it always happens to Jeff. I mean, he's got a very recognisable face. Even if you've got a passing interest in football, you yeah. know who he is. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. You're telling us about some of the uh, failing to spot the stars. Um, this is a good one. Uh, the Billericke Gooner says to us, I once saw the, the late, great Roger Lloyd Pack giving uh, lost tourists some directions on Oxford Street. The tourists had zero idea they were talking to Trigger. I suppose... <laughs> I mean, only falls out. I had a bit of a global reach, so I don't know where they were well, from. You wouldn't ask Trigger, would you, really? Trigger probably... Yeah. I, well, I think you find that <laughs> was a character he played. Stop Roger, it. Stop Roger, it. That, he wasn't that kind. He was. He was. He came in and saw us a few years. He was fantastic, oh, a lovely yeah. guy. Yeah. Really Joe, Joe Barton, interesting fella. Joe Barton, who wrote Dewey Hadji. That's a brilliant... I don't know if you've seen that. I recommend that as a oh, box no, set. Not really good. Uh, I worked at Marks and Spencer's as a teenager, and a colleague excitedly told me I'd just sold a jumper to Jenny Agata, the highlight of my retail career. <laughs> And Matt says, I once asked Adam Faith for ID when he uh, came into my bank to withdraw some cash. My manager behind me was a huge fan, almost screamed. Yeah. At which point he said, well, do you want? He said, no, a driver's licence or passport, that'll probably be all right. I'll just saying, we a picture on it. Sorry, you need no... Uh, yeah, I know. Have a, sorry, sorry. Have a working a, knowledge of Adam's got, back catalogue. I wouldn't got, expect you to get you just that. just got a picture from 20 years below. Oh, your grand below. Yeah. <laughs> 20 years below. I'll have my well, dad look, on he had WhatsApp. one hit. He had, if you knew Adam Faith was, you knew what his hit was. <laughs> We'll leave still, it. Yeah. Still don't know. It's Hawksbein uh, <laughs> and Rushton here yeah. in Talksport. Yeah, born 1979. There's yeah. enough. <laughs> there are enough years there for some. Yeah. Okay. I'll do some, some more references. recent stuff. I'll get Thank down you. with the kids in the next do, two and a half. Do your mid 80s. I will. I'll be doing some of right. that. Yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talksport. You've heard it before? I think so. Yeah. On a, one of the gold stations somewhere. On a long journey in a car. Do you know what? I mean, I, I was a presenter at Radio Cambridge for four years. I've probably played it about a hundred times. <laughs> this is brand new key. Didn't leave it. He was also in a very good dra- sort of drama in the 70s called Budgie, which was a bit of cult telly, actually. Is it on, is it on catch-up? It might, look, it might be out there somewhere. It was, it was good. Anyway, we move on. Mm. Uh, little, I should uh, say, um, Barry Glendenning oh, yeah. wins the... Uh, uh, when did you not recognise someone? He had a pint with Kylie Minogue and Michael Hutchins and didn't know. <laughs> so, I don't know. Did the Australian accents not... I, mean, I don't know just, how many it, he'd had. But at some point a, you'd put two and two together. A bar in you? Ireland. Just the three of them had a game of pool and a couple of beers. And really? Went off, yeah. 
It's quite extraordinary, isn't it? He's not so the most like, observant. Was it two on to one? Was it? Did Barry take? Did he play Kylie and beat Kylie and then Michael winner stays, winner stays on? Winner stays, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Winner stays on. What a lovely story. Anyway, uh, we move on and um, uh, another uh, penalty uh, failure. I mean, it's, that's a very harsh way of putting it, but he did miss it. So I can't think of anything better for Ollie Watkins last night. He's missed four of his last six penalties. Fulham, of course, uh, it suckly went right for them uh, after Lookman's uh, miss and Cavalero's one. He he stepped up last night and put it in and, and Scott uh, Parker was very pleased. I said to him before the game, said Scott, are you ready to take one if we get it? And Scott said, he looked at me dead in the eye and said, I'm ready. Oh, it's like, <laughs> That's a bit of theatre. He's brought like to war Fulham film, versus it? Leicester, isn't he? Oh, marvellous. And he, and he did. It was a good cracking, cracking good, hit. Good hit, yeah. yeah. Good. So anyway, um, sometimes I suppose if you keep missing pens, you think, well, I'll get the next one. But I just wondered if our next guest, the man who wrote the definitive work on penalties, 12 yards, Ben Littleton, can tell us about someone who, who kept taking them when it defied logic. Good afternoon, Ben. Hello, Paul. Hi, Max. Hi, mate. I mean, what's the optimum? What would you say? If you miss 10 in a row, you, you think I'll hand it on to somebody else? Do we do we know anybody who was a kind of serial misser of pens but always well, took them? You'd, you'd imagine that the optimal number is definitely fewer than that. I mean, the most <laughs> obvious example is Martin Palermo in um, playing for Argentina in the 1999 Copa America against Colombia. And this was a side managed by Marcelo Bielsa. He managed to miss three penalties in the same game. And uh, after the game, he got slated, obviously. Bielsa got slated. And Maradona, um, who who was uh, watching on as a commentator at the time, just said, you have to... uh, respect the player because you know he he's the only one who had the balls to take a penalty after he'd missed the last two and then Palermo actually ended up playing for Maradona when he was Argentina coach and scored the goal that got them to the 2010 World Cup so there was some redemption but the 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 story around Fulham is really interesting because they have had a terrible run of late but it's not the first time they've had such a bad run I mean on you know what's going on at the moment is an improvement on their 2017 season when they missed eight of 12 penalties with five different takers. But astonishingly, they've got seven players in their squad at the moment who've all missed penalties for them. Wow. So you look down the list, and no wonder Scott Parker was pleased that Cavalera said, I'm ready, because when he looks around, all he's looking at is players who've also missed from the spot for Fulham. It's such a psychological thing, isn't it? I mean, every anyone mm. who can play the game to any level can just put it in the corner before the game, mm. just just on loop, and then suddenly <clears> there's, <throat> you know, it's the pressure of it's the pressure of the thing. I'm not saying anything that anyone doesn't know, yeah. but it, it's psychologically fascinating. I think, Ben. Well, of course it is. I mean, I, you know, I, I spent two years uh, examining the, the psychology of the penalty kick, and you know, what I really found mm. the top line is. Is nothing to do with technique because all these players are fantastic players. They're, they've made it their careers. They're, they're sensationally good technically, uh, but it is about their psychology. Um, but what's interesting is that it's clear that penalties are a trainable skill that can be improved and taught with with purposeful practice. And the obvious example of that is England under Southgate. Now, Gareth Southgate has suffered more than most at the hands of uh, penalty shootouts. Um, and the idea that penalties are a lottery. And so his big lesson from Euro 96, where he missed a penalty, was that actually they're not a lottery and you can improve your chances um, from in penalty shootouts by practicing with purpose. And then since he's become coach, the two shootouts that England have been involved in, which happened to coincide with the two shootouts 
that England have been involved in since my book was published, but just a coincidence, um, that England have won them. So, you know, there is, some, there is something in that that Gareth Southgate always says, um, you know, they are a trainable skill that can be improved, and I have to agree with him. After that run of pens that Fulham have had, it was interesting that Cavallero did that thing that they often say you should do, is, you know, get your head down and put your foot through it. And, and that was, that Schmeichel went the right way, and had that been less powerful, he might have made it. But he drilled it, didn't he? Um, he might have he might have guessed the way the penalty was going to go, but it didn't mean he was going to stop it. And even if a goalie gets a hand to it, if it's hit hard enough, um, it's a pretty good chance it will go in. So did you find in your research that that was a decent technique? Well, I divided it into two, Paul, and what I found was that over a long period of time, the more successful technique is the um, goalkeeper-dependent method, which is when you wait for the goalkeeper to move first. But this is much, much harder. Um, and the specialists are people like Mendieta, Letizia, Balotelli, hmm. Yaya Toure, Eden Hazard. So it takes a huge amount of practice, technical skill, and confidence to really master that technique. But I think if you're short of confidence... Um, and your team is going through a, you know, a huge penalty slump, as Fulham have been, the goalkeeper independent method where you pick your spot like, like Alan Shearer do and Stuart Pearce, Ray Stewart, and just belt it, there, you know, there is a lot to be said for that. And infrequent penalty takers, um, you know, when I work with football clubs and, and speak to coaches and penalty takers about how they should approach this, infrequent penalty takers should be much harder. Can I ask you a question, Ben, about... Um the the keeper coming off his line and I, I sort of I start to think it's not really fair at the moment I can't remember was it Sam Johnson saved the Fernandez penalty wasn't it and you think that's such a brilliant save and he's done so well there and it seems I wonder if we could change the law so when the penalty taker places his standing foot then the keeper can come off the line or something to even up I understand, you know, you've won a penalty, you have an advantage, but it seems too harsh for so many of these penalties to be retaken to me. I I like what you're thinking, Matt, because just what we need right now is another (laughs) really complicated law that involves (laughs) lots of video cameras. Exactly. But you're you're right. I mean, it is really tough on on goalkeepers at the moment. And I actually went back and looked at a few really important penalties and, and wondered... Um, if they would have to be retaken for the goalkeeper jumping off their line or not. So, for example, in the 1994 World Cup final, Roberto Baggio missed uh, the crucial penalty for Brazil. But Tafarel was so far off his line when he struck the ball that that would actually have to be retaken today. And the same happened for uh, the Trezeguet penalty in the 2006 World Cup final. So I thought, oh, I'm onto something here. Buffon was way off his line. So, you know we should rewrite history and get them to retake it. And then I thought, oh, hang on a minute, we should actually rewrite England history as well because mm-hmm. England have obviously been so bad at penalties in the past. Maybe all the goalkeepers were off their line for those penalties as well. Ha, huh, not quite. Oh. Yeah, Stuart, <laughs> Stuart Pearce's penalty in uh, the World Cup 1990, goalkeeper was on his line. Uh, Gareth Southgate, 96, goalkeeper was on his line. Euro 2004, the for missed um, against Portugal. Goalkeeper was on his line. 2006, I thought, oh, hang on a minute. England missed three penalties. They lost that shootout 3-1. It was shocking to, um, to Portugal and Ricardo again. This was the shootout in which um, Ricardo told me that um, Sven Uren Eriksson, who he knew from his Benfica days, had told him the one thing we don't want is penalties. We're terrified of penalties. So Portugal had a man advantage and carried on playing for penalties because they thought, 
they'd have a better chance of winning. And in this shootout, Lampard, Gerrard and Carragher all missed. And I thought, oh, at least one of them we should be retaken in today's football. No, Ricardo was on his line. <laughs> That's great. Every single one of them. And then uh, Euro 2012, uh, Italy against England. Uh, Buffon was actually off his line for the Ashley Young penalty, which mm. hit the bar, but he was on his line for the Ashley Cole penalty. So overall, uh, you might need to retake a few famous penalties from history, but sadly, not many of the English ones. Wow, I said, so we were officially terrible at pens. We weren't sawn off. It kind of makes us feel better, really, I think. <laughs> exactly. But, um, ben, good to talk to you as always. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. Do recommend Ben's book. It's a great read. It's just uh, the story of the penalty and the yeah. psychology and, and the facts and the figures. It's called 12 Yards. It's still available on Amazon. You're telling us about failing to recognise the stars. And uh, I'll make Chris Davis, uh, journalist and author. Chris is the man I was, I was telling the other day who devised the shoe in focus feature as oh, a ruse to get oh, players' details in his yeah, days yeah. on shoot. So marvelous. we owe him a lot. And we, we really do. It. We've plundered it for Croy for Binney and refocus. We owe him at least an hour. I think we all do, really, time, for, for many fine reads of player Q&As over the years. Chris says, I was at the UEFA Super Cup game in Monte Carlo and in the group I was chatting uh, with a guy who spoke great English with an American accent. I said to him, I like Monaco, but it is so unreal in many ways. Do you like it? Well, Prince Albert of Monaco told me he liked it very much. <laughs> very good, Well, Chris. that's good. Gareth says, I once got drunk with Paul Weller in a bar in New York in 2004. I didn't realise it was Paul Weller until I went back six years later and the barman reminded me. It wouldn't have been so bad, but I loved Paul Weller in 2004. Wow. I just remember him as English Paul. How many had he had? At which know. point they saw some Irish guy playing Paul with Kylie in the corner. And Michael Hutchins came up and put 10 bob down on the table. 10 by 50p, by the way, Max. Ask Adam Faye. <laughs> and um, yes, uh, our old mate Andy Smart, ball runner, comedy store player, said, in fact, Budgie, if you want to get an education, yeah. is on the Talking Pictures right. channel tonight at 9 pm. I, I know it's Champions I League. I saw you know. those messages. I thought that was just another joke reference no, from the 60s. That's no, a real not. There thing, is a channel right? okay. that shows old oh, stuff. Marvellous. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talksport. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. 
Now, uh, England was supposed to go to Sri Lanka and play cricket, of course, before uh, the lockdown, and I'm sure one or two England fans uh, went as an advance party and, and awaited the team's arrival. Of course, that never happened. They are still waiting for them. I would imagine the majority of those England fans got a flight home. Um, but not our next guest, who has got a bit of previous for this kind of mayhem. We last spoke to him, uh, I think last year, when he was uh, he was heading for Japan on crutches after a knee-op with no ticket for the World Cup final. Just right. a lot of hope and a very rudimentary an op- an Japanese. Optimist, an optimist. But from what I understand, he somehow blagged his way through that um, uh, scenario, so he, he obviously feels lucky. Uh, it's good, once again, to speak to the intrepid uh, Rob Lewis. Good afternoon, Rob. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah we're good. good. Let's start, man. Let's pick up where we left off. Um, I, I understand you you, you, know, you were in Japan. Oh, were you just about to go to Japan or were you in Japan when we spoke? But you hadn't got a ticket and you hadn't got anywhere to stay. But I think you you, you, you landed on your feet, didn't you? Yeah, I did do too bad. We last spoke, I was on my way to the airport. Mm. Um, did catch up with you afterwards. Yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a journey. My two tickets that I bought were, were scams. Um, I bought a backup ticket, which got rejected on the gate, and as I tried to scan it, so I was in a complete rejection. Um, I messaged someone that I was with that I didn't get in, and they and they said they'd met someone with a spare ticket, just like the other side of the stadium. So I, I kind of abandoned the crowd and just like sprinted round like against the crowds. And this this gentleman, uh, Mr. John Freeman, um, uh, gave me a free ticket. Game. Wow, um, so you got in, that's amazing. Well, that's good. That one worked out. This time, uh, I mean, I've, I've kind of mapped it out. What, why did you decide, what made you think, I suppose, you know, what was going on at home, unless you had anything to go back for, and you're hearing stories from your family of what it's like in lockdown, you probably thought, here, yeah, I'm in Sri Lanka, it's not too bad, um, I'll, I'll stick around. Was that the thought process? Uh, of course, yeah. Like, um, So I came out here a week before the first test. Um, there was quite a few... England fans on on like the beach in Unuatuna. I mean, I I found out that the England game was cancelled as my flight was on the runway taking off. So I was like, oh. <laughs> so um, so I went there. I went there anyway, and obviously the situation kind of deteriorated. Um, and then kind of like there was just like rumours and like people just chatting, like what do we do? Some people are just buying well expensive flights home. Um, I was, uh, I mean, I just. Like I've been working the last three months just to come on this trip. So I didn't want to give it up so easily. So, um, I mean, Foreign Minister called all three back, and I was just I was just like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to come back. So I actually went like further around the coast for when, for when the lockdown started. Wow. I see. So you went further around just in case you didn't, <laughs> there was no chance of anyone finding you yeah. and making you go back. So, so then what have you, what have you done then? Uh, sorry, say that again. What, what have you done since then? All oh, right. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I spent lockdown on the beach. On, on the beach, like I adopted a, a little dog called Pup, um, which you shouldn't, which you shouldn't do. But we got him rehomed, so oh, it, was, it was a happy end. I don't advise like tourists to come and start adopting the dogs at all. Um, so yeah, that was cool. And then um, uh, the after the lockdown, it kind of went back to normal here because the borders were closed, um, and they dealt with it pretty well. And it was a complete contrast to. Uh, the shambles that was happening in the in the UK. So I'm like, I'm just go- I'm just going to stay here. And like the, the thought came in my head, well, I might as well just stay until England returns next year. Um, so, <laughs> so that was the quest that I, I kind of got yeah. got made up in my head. 
And you've been DJing. I mean, with a man, I, 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 you've got no experience of DJing, but you've you've become a DJ, and you're, you're now getting some gigs under a, a, a rather interesting pseudonym, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I mean, it, I mean, when the lockdown lifted, there were some parties going on, and this this fella called Mitch he was like, "Do you want to DJ with me?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> party like. When, party like this party kicked off like it was like oh okay it's, it's, this is quite cool uh, and I met a few more the, another another uh, great girl called Hayley she, she was helping me show me the ropes so I started DJing and um, uh, yeah managed to get a gig they're like, um, like what's, your, what's your DJ name um, I was like oh I need to think of one so I quickly uh, uh, sent text to my mates now we need a, I need a I need a cricket themed DJ one mm. that's the reason I'm here and uh and and we came up with Randy Caddick. <laughs> <laughs> Randy Caddick, that's fantastic. It doesn't sound like a DJ. Yeah, name, it does, it, does sound it. Like something else. It sounds like someone who's in the specialist adult industry, doesn't it? Really. But um, yeah. Uh, and and what about the? Have you had a chance to talk to any of the sort of Sri Lankan cricketers? Or well, Mickey Arthur's, of course, involved with Sri Lanka, isn't he? So have you have you caught up with him? Um, well, yeah. I, I was I was invited to to join. Um, very prestigious club called the Sippers Club, uh, in which the Sri Lankan coaching staff, including Mickey Arthur, is is there. So we meet for um, a lemonade or two um, every week and have some terrible, terrible banter. And the Australians and the English just tell each other how much they don't like each other on all of, on all of that. Um, so I told, like, I, I met Mickey and he found out about my Japan store and he need, like he loved it. He thoroughly loved it every time. Every time people he wanted me to like tell this story <laughs> all right okay mate cheers so will you uh, come back will you come back rob at the end of all this once the ones that they've played their their uh, series will, will you head back or could this be it for you could you you'd be like those scotland fans who went to the 78 world cup and then married an argentinian girl and never came back <laughs> we'll see we'll see like i'm due to come back in february so that's so um i'm not sure if they're like officially confirmed but i'm pretty sure they are there's two tests mm. in gaul in January, when England return, I'm still trying to. Um, I don't think there will be any fans in the ground, so I'm. I'm just trying to. Uh, you can sit with the rest of the Sippers Club, can't you? I imagine you'll come out. I, I could just see him coming out the bat for Sri Lanka in <laughs> no, the dead no, rubber. No, he's just in the high vis yeah. with, with, with the drinks. Mickey said, man. "Mickey said, sling him on. He, you know, the, he's lead such a charm life. He'll probably go and get fifty. Uh, well, look, it's." Yeah, it's because like I did offer my services as the water boy, and I said I've been I've been jogging just in okay. case, like so just <laughs> the middle one. Well, let's hope some of, the England, some of the England management and players are listening to this, uh, the ones that aren't in South Africa, because that's a great story. So, Rob, we will keep in touch. It's never going to be dull. I wonder what you're going to get up to next. But good to talk to you. Thanks for joining us. Can I say one more thing, really, really quickly? Of course you can. Yeah. Um, yeah, I received some news last week that our old football manager at Hamworth Villa, Bobby Dawson, he sadly passed away. Um, I just want to say on behalf of the villains that we send our love to the Dawson family and uh, thanks for the memories, Bob. Yeah, thanks, well said. Well, yeah, obviously, sad memory from home, but uh, good to talk to you, Rob. Thanks very much for joining us. Guys, thank you. See you later. Bye. Rob Lewis there, the England cricket fan, still waiting for the team to turn up. He's just, he isn't, I've mentioned Andy Smart. It's the sort of thing Andy Smart would do. It's just like, just people, some people in life, they are intrepid, aren't they? They they just kind of sort of falls their way. Float through life. Yeah. And and then you make you think, are we doing everything wrong? Are we doing everything wrong? Well, all those people who've spent six months indoors with air down to their knees, you know, 
bored stiff doing Joe Wicks thinking, I'd love to have been in Sri Lanka. I'm just sitting there thinking, I've got some envelopes I need to open that I don't want to open. <laughs> he's just like, oh, I'm in Sri Lanka, might as well stay for a few months. You opened an envelope earlier on and there was a surprise item in it. I've been sent some, uh, I've been sent a letter, yeah. a jiffy bag. To... I tell you what, keep your powder dry. Oh, right, you want the, the news is more we'll important. We'll have the reveal. Fine, we'll have okay, the reveal right, on the yeah. other side Marvelous. of the news. But Max was sent something in the post today. No, it's not that. Um, and, <laughs> and yeah, he's, he's going to tell us about it, uh, and we don't know where it's come from. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. A few years ago, Barry and I used to open post live on air. It's a risk. Did you really? It's so a I bit, got really, yeah. sent a box of chocolates, and it just said, thank you from Deborah, and I didn't know who Deborah uh, was. What, it did sounded the ga- like... what did the gaffer say? Was she listening that day? <laughs> went down well? She has no idea. She doesn't know how to get TalkSport, fortunately. But yeah, <laughs> I wasn't having... A, at least I wasn't... Pretty sure I wasn't having an affair with Deborah. But anyway, I've since... <laughs> Since uh, open mail uh, outside the studio, so I'd yeah. like to thank whoever sent this to Max Rush and Talk Sport, Max Rush and Brackets, T Boy. And in it, there is no no words from anybody, yeah, just no the receipt. The receipt, £5.94, someone has spent on these. Uh, it's been sent to you straight from eBay, isn't straight it? Straight from eBay, yeah. from Wonderland Party Stores, s- uh, some sort of bug eye. Can we, they can sort we of like glasses? Penfold Felix Magat glasses, yeah. they are. Uh, magnify your eyes. Bug eye specs, but I can't. I mean, maybe Is I was something talking you talked about, about on the show. I think listeners concentrate more than I do. So, like, if anybody knows <laughs> why, I, yeah, I guess that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. almost certainly you true. You worked that out, have you? Now, <laughs> um, if anyone could tell me why I've been sent these bug eye glasses, yeah. I would appreciate Any it. Any regulars on a Saturday or Sunday, they yeah. might know. Well, maybe you, they say, "Don't you remember, Max? You and Charlie, or you and Barry were talking about." I mean, it could be anything. Couldn't you're going to put them on for us? Right, I need a. Do you have any scissors to spare? Well, no, they, I, I, they've got quite a tight. What are they? Little right. cable ties. Really yeah, we'll, on it. we'll I mean, get some scissors brought in. Maybe live you, cutting a cable I would imagine tie. On uh, you're just—they're a bit like Andy's glasses. They maybe are. it's a, a, that's maybe that's it. what it is. Yes. They've thought. I'm covering Andy. Can't have Max sitting there without a pair of glasses that. Uh, if I yeah, put these on, I start bins. getting really irate about the letters page in the Daily Star. Yeah, let's see what we'll see yes, what happens. Maybe it's like they're like Billy's boots. You become Andy Jacobs. You just become what a superpower that would be. Andy put on his glasses yeah. and he became a short the grumpy le- Chelsea fan the legion just like of that angry heroes <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport you're telling us about failing to spot the stars and Steve in Chesham I don't know if he's thought this through because he says I failed to spot Ross Kemp aka Grant Mitchell uh, he was standing 15 foot away from me at a counter in John Lewis well by definition Steve you spotted him didn't you <laughs> I mean, Steve's, yes you, you spotted really- him <laughs> He was 15 foot away from maybe you, John Lewis. Maybe he succeeded at 14 feet. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Stu's maybe he had those glasses yeah, on that bloke sent you. Uh, Stu says, while sat in a cafe in Oaxaca in Mexico, I once asked Helena Christensen what she did for a living. Oh, I right. swiftly asked her if she wanted to meet up the following Getting day on for the a bins. brew. <laughs> yeah. I asked her that if she wanted to meet up the following day for a brew. I turned up. She didn't. Probably for the best. She was a lot taller than me. Wow. Stu. Okay. What do you do for a living? Oh, you should go into modelling, he, he, he may have said. Could be a part-time model. Exactly. Um, what else have we got here? Just another quick one. My mum and dad once noticed Ricky Hatton in Benidorm a couple of years ago. My mum asked him, are you uh, who I think you are? And Ricky replied, well, I hope you don't think I'm Wayne Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> Says Shay from Nottingham. Keep them coming. So Jeff Hurst was the springboard for this one after a lady at a dinner said to him, can you remember where you were that day England won the World Cup? The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. You're telling us also about um, failing to uh, recognise the stars at certain points. And so you can keep those coming, talksport.com, text 81089, tweet Um This comes from Dave, the Villa fan. Uh, 98.99, Staffordshire University black tie 
Sky event, I got mm. pushed to the ground by friends after I tried to have words with this dude, he says, inverted commas, who had his arm around my missus while she sat on his knee. Still have the photo of the crime. It was Coolio <laughs> of Gangster's Paradise <laughs> fame. Kevin um, says, Charing Cross working as a station assistant. I let an old bloke with a cap on through the gate because he said film crew. Turns out it was Clint Eastwood. <laughs> you not recognise Clint Eastwood? Yeah. That's tremendous, isn't it? There is so, the yeah. there is the old joke. There, there was a film. Oh, it'll come back to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us another one. Was Matt, Adam tonight. Faith in it? No, Adam Faith no, wasn't in okay. it. Uh, uh, give us another one no, of I'm these. I'm just getting ready for Croyfe or Binney. Yes. This is I'm very exciting about uh, what is the next instalment okay. of Croyfe or Binney. Should be quite Brannigan. Uh, there was a film called Brannigan. Right. Okay. John uh, Keith Brannigan, the uh, no, not Cambridge Keith. goalkeeper. John Wayne saved a penalty from Glen Hoddle. John Wayne was right. in that was filmed in London. Right. And uh, there was an apocryphal story that did the round. I think he pops into sort of um, Smithfield Market or something yeah. to uh, while they were filming, filming early one morning, and all the guys who were working there. And uh, he, he was flanked at the latrines by one of the lads who worked in the, the meat market, uh, who, who suddenly was obviously took a look to his right, thinking it might be one of his oppos who worked in the market, and then turned round mid-flow and went, Blimey, you're John Wayne. <laughs> so a, a quick change of trousers for John before they went out and carried on. <laughs> carried on. It's a doing great the thing. skill to be able to turn your true? head, but not your whole body, yeah. isn't it? That's no, really, I, think that really was, I mean, you don't expect to see John Wayne when you expect to see a bloke with no, pockets is, full of giblets. That really. is true. That is and blood true. on a white coat. Mm, yeah. Anyway, um, a bit graphic. So we move on, and uh, it's time for Croy yes, Billy, is. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. How exciting. Now, this is the game show that uh, we kicked off for the last week when Max... Well, I say game show. It's, no, uh, no, it is a game show. Yeah, OK. Yeah. We, plun- we plunder the old shoot-in focus uh, of various players. And the first two that kicked it off, you had to tell uh, the difference between uh, Fred Binney, formerly of Brighton, and Johan Cruyff, of course, one of the world's greatest ever players. And through the questions that were asked of uh, Cruyff or Binney, um, we asked you, the TalkSport listener, as well as... Uh, whoever's setting the questions that day, or was on the other end of the questions that day, to try and guess who gave the answer. Was it Cruyff? Was it Binney? We had George Best against, um, who was it yesterday? Pele. George Best Pele. Yeah. We had Steve Nichol versus George Michael. That's, That's a right. Good game, we had it? Kenny Dalglish versus Kenny Dalglish. Two different vintages of Kenny doing in focuses at, at different points of his career. Yeah. Um, so what have we got today? Well, uh, people have been stopping me on the street over the past week and saying there's one thing that's been really sadly missing from uh, Cruyff or Binney. Oh yeah, and that is rhyme. So uh, Paul, I, <laughs> rhyme, rhyme. So I wonder if you will be uh, 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 kind enough to take part in today's game, Brian McClare or Vince. Hilaire. Uh, now, I did look for a Frank Sinclair or a Jeremy Alliadier, yeah. Um, and I did watch a long YouTube Q and A with Jenny Eclair, but it didn't quite work. So you're you're stuck with Brian McClare. Vince Hilaire or Jenny Eclair would have been would have been bold, wouldn't yeah, it? Really, the, yeah. the answers just didn't quite match. Okay, up, Brian so and Vince. Here we okay. are with McClare or Hilaire. Um, <laughs> Question one, easy one for you. Yeah. Uh, who lives in a semi-detached house in Airdrie and is married to Maureen? Is that McClare or Hilaire? <laughs> well, I, I'm gonna, I know you always give us an easy one yeah. to kick off. I'm going to go uh, Brian. Brian, Brian McClare. Yeah, Correct, it was Brian McClare. Question two in McClare or Hilaire. Mm. If you ever cook a meal, what do you usually make? Ch- uh, chips or scrambled egg? Is that McClare or Hilaire? Chips or scrambled egg. I mean, it's very hard to say hilarious without saying like the poshest person has ever been on so, talk sport. So, what are you asking me? Does he have chips and scrambled eggs? Is this one of the question? Is yeah. if you ever cook a meal, what do you usually make? One of Vince Hilaire or Brian McClare said chips said, and scrambled chips or egg. scrambled egg. 
McClare or Hilaire? I mean, some of it's, you know, scrambled eggs. Yeah. Um, I think that might be Brian again. The correct answer is Brian <laughs> McClare. Well Chups. done. Chups. Yeah. Um, what made you choose Brian over Vince there? I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Okay. I don't know what it was. Just it didn't a hunch. Say, Chips and... Uh, I, I, I don't know Brian. I've met Vince a few times. Mm. Um and I did, didn't, it didn't have the mark of Vince Allaire. Look, you're world record number one in Croydon for Billy, <laughs> and you, you play on instinct. I do. That's what That's people it. know. That's the game. Uh, what if anything frightens you? Who said the Conservative government? Wow. Is that McClare or Hilaire? That's interesting. <laughs> I don't I would know the politics of either man, really. Oh, what I are mean, the politics of Vince Hilaire? Up in, I don't know. It's I don't know. I just think... I think Brian, Brian could be could be quite militant. I think I'm going to go for Brian again. Correct answer. It is Brian cool. McClare. I'm Here getting right inside. Really, I feel like I'm getting right inside. Do you really know Brian McClare? How are you getting on TalkSport listeners? Yeah. Let uh, us know. Whose favourite other sportsman was Viv Richards? Okay. Is that Brian McClare or Vince Hilaire? I would, I'd, I'd say that's, I'd say that's uh, Vince Hilaire. Vince Hilaire's favourite other sportsman was Gordon Greenwich, a marvellous entertainer. But Brian McClare's was Viv Richards. Both, yeah. both, both West Indies cricketers. Both West Indies cricketers. What about that? Yeah, there we are. When you, when you chose those two, you didn't expect that to be a link between the, the two of them. Just shows, you, just shows you what a... The, the different... This game can go to amazing depth. It can. Depth. It can, it really can. go, yeah. Uh, to answer the question, who did you support as a boy? Who said the Liechtenstein international side? Is that Brian McClare or Vince Hilaire? Vince Hilarious. There, you, I don't know. I think Vince would give you a straight answer. I don't think Vince would play games. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Brian. Again. Correct answer. Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, Vince Hilaire did. He gave West Ham as his answer. Right? Okay. So, four out of five so far. Mm. Hobbies. Uh, how are you on the hobbies of Vince Hilaire and Brian McClare? I'll find out in a second. Uh, whose hobbies were reading cricket books and watching films on my video? Bit of a show off there, announcing that he has a video recorder. Is that Brian McClare or Vince Hilaire? Uh, cricket books and films on my video. Well, the, I mean, that's difficult because we both know they're cricket fans. Absolutely, yeah. I'd say um, I'd go with Vince. This is Vince Hilaire. Well yeah. done. So I've only got one wrong so far. Only one wrong, yeah. Really Buying good. records and reading yeah. a variety of novels was Brian yeah. McClare. Uh, question seven. Who's driving a Colt Gordia Turbo and a Colt Mirage Turbo? Two cars. Wow. Is that Vince Hilaire? Or Brian McClare. The Mirage Turbo and what else? The Gordia Turbo and the Mirage Turbo. Both Colts means nothing to me. Kind of club car job, wasn't it? I mean, Ron Nodes uh, yeah. was in the was in the used car motor trade. So I imagine he, he, sh- he should have said to Vince here, I've got a lovely, it's a lovely, it's on an L, fully well, loaded. Just, just, just to be clear, track cassette Vince player. was at Portsmouth at the time. Oh, okay, he was at just Fratton, a, down yeah, at Fratton, so down Ron Fratton wouldn't have been helping him out, so, would yeah. he? Quinny would have found him a car. That would have been, um, I'd say... Um, I'd say it's Brian. It's Vince Hilaire. Oh, okay. Yeah, Brian wow, McClare nice, in a couple Ford of nice cars there, XR3. Oh, okay. Nice. Um, who's a boy racer's Whose nickname is Arthur? Arthur. Well, uh, uh, Brian McClare's was was Chucky, wasn't it? Oh, basically, Chucky, mm. Chocolate Eclair. It that was. was the yeah. That was what they went with. So in that's a clue. If you know Brian McClare's nickname, it does help you a little bit in... Who's this could be a trick, but I'm going to go with Vince. What's Vince Hilaire? After yeah. Arthur Daly, quote, because I helped the rest of the lads get various articles, such as cars, jewellery and TV sets. It's all straight wow. honest, he says. If he, he was the widest one in that Portsmouth dressing room, considering some of the other people <laughs> that are in there. That, that is quite surprising. Question nine. Whose long-term ambition is to become a sales rep for a sportswear firm? 
Wow. Is that Brian okay. McClare or Vince Hilaire? I, d- I don't know. I imagine... I don't know. I'm just maybe Vince had an eye on life after football. I don't know. I'd say, I'd say Vince. That's a correct answer. Brian's uh, ambition was just to be- play until I'm 35. Okay. So both quite low, not not lofty ambitions for either of them. No. And who would most like to meet Idi Amin, the former Ugandan president? Is that Vince Hilaire or Blimey. Brian McClare? I don't know. Along with Damien Delaney and the dinner party. That's quite random in mm. both ways. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe I working tenu- with the political yeah. vibe of, of uh, is, is kind of quite right on comment about the Tories. Mm-hmm. I go with uh, I go with Brian McClare. That's correct answer. Yeah, eight out of ten. Pretty well good. There's a ten-year-old reading shoot having to ask Dad <laughs> who Idi Amin is. <laughs> yeah, it'd be quite a troubling conversation. So there we are. Yeah, rhyme. Did you think Rhyme took it to the next? Yeah, level? I think Rhyme was good. I mean, we've been trying something fresh on it. We'll keep it going. I hope you enjoyed that, listeners. What do you mean you didn't? But uh, look, we're doing our best. <laughs> this game has incredible depths. You're not wrong, says Dickie. It, David it, says it's reached the level of notoriety. It no longer needs an intro, uh, David says. Radio gold splits the nation. It does. Mm. No one's quite sure. Even I'm not. <laughs> and I'm 50% of Listen, it. I'm partly responsible. As, as I've said to you before, it's not like me to uh, kill a radio feature before it's well No, no, well you'll ring the very uh, last drop out of it, won't absolutely, you? Yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We'll do it all again uh, tomorrow from one. Thank you very much, Max. Good to see hey, you. No, total pleasure. Always around. <laughs> Sadly, yeah, always, yeah. tragically, not in Sri Lanka. Having a nice time. Just ready to be called when required. There we are. Uh, we'll catch up with you then. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 